Wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out and leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, every day, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. Since you chose the actions that led to your pregnancy, live with the choices that you make. Pretty exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreOldJay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence, put yourself out there boldly and authentically and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you expected to achieve is yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative. That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of wait for things to happen. And then we put all this together to a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today, ladies and gentlemen, this episode is going to be structured a little bit differently simply because I am giving you the audio from an Instagram live video that I did in early July where I was talking about the government's Roe v. Wade decision to strike down Roe v. Wade, which basically has taken the federal law that allowed for abortions and is now, instead of making it a federal law, now has left it up to each of the 50 United States to choose their own laws on abortion. And there's been a lot of uproar about this. And I wrote an article about this in late June. If you're on my email list, you should have gotten that article. If you didn't get it, you can go to my Facebook page, which is Facebook slash work on your game. You can see that article there. You can also go to dreallday.com slash blog. The article is there as well in full. And what I did in this live was basically talk about a lot of the things that I said in that article, but I did it in a obviously in verbal format. So what you're about to hear is the hour long Instagram live video that I did. We just took the audio off of it. The audio is pretty high quality. So that is what you're about to hear here. So it's not structured as you no know, point number one, point number two. It's just me kind of talking through it and having some engagement with some people who were in the audience that particular day on the live stream. And it just occurred to me while I was near the end of this live, like, no, I should have just turned my mic on and just recorded this audio the same way I'm recording this right here and recorded it at the same time that I was doing a live, but I didn't think of it till I was already into it. So this is, that's what you're about to hear, but I didn't want to re-record it because I think it was better for me to just take it how it actually came out and how I said it than to re-record it. So that is what this episode is about to be. Again, it's about an hour long. You go ahead and enjoy this and I will see you inside the episode. Work on your game. So maybe some of y'all saw this conversation coming, but it's happening. And I'm going to turn my mic on. 
We'll make sure we get good sound on this. Y'all on Instagram, just let me know y'all can hear my voice. You hear me over there on Instagram? Facebook, I know y'all can hear me. I don't have a mic plugged in. But if you are on Instagram, can you hear me? Can y'all hear me, Instagram? Is the mic working? We're going to get into this. Thank you, everybody, telling me y'all can hear me over there on IG. We are going to get into this. We are going to get into this. And first of all, hope everybody's having a great Friday. Hope everybody's having a great first day of July, first day of the third quarter, first day of the second half this year. And let's get into this. First of all, let me give you all a little bit of introduction. First of all, for those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Drake Baldwin. I'm a former nine-year professional athlete. I'm author of 31 books. I'm the creator of this whole brand and framework, this business that is called Work On Your Game, where I took the skills, the attributes, and the mindsets, and the strategies that you need to succeed in sports. And I've created a framework and a system that translates those tools from the sports world into the business world and into everyday life. And I want to explain to you all why I'm even talking about this. I was deciding, like, Dre, should I even talk about this? Should I even go on this, on this IG Live? Now, those of you who are on my Instagram, not my Instagram, but my email list, I wrote an article about this earlier this week. I sent the article out about this particular week when I announced that my lady and I are expecting our first child later on this month. And I wrote an article. I gave that announcement, but and I posted the picture this week, even on IG. So most of y'all have seen that. But then I added a much longer piece where I was talking about this whole concept of abortion. And I was deciding today, should I even do a live on this and talk about this? Because I know some people are going to agree. Some people are going to disagree. But I thought to myself, you know, Dre, what's your job title? You know, what's your role out here? And what is it that people expect from you when you come out of the gate, when you put a post up, when you put a podcast episode up, when you write an article, when you write a book, when you have a conversation with people? What are people wanting from you? And in my space in thought leadership, because that's what this is, thought leadership. I take thoughts that are in my head and I'm putting out some ideas that are leading the way. Meaning those of you who know my work, you know, I'm not coming out just repeating the things that everybody else is saying. Even if I have the same opinion of other people, I'm not going to say it the same way that other people talk about it. And as uh, Theo just said there in the comments, when I talk to people who are in my audience, I'm talking to the, I'm talking about the people who have been around the longest, people who have supported the most, even the people who have invested the most. And I ask them, you know, I'm talking about topics that I'm not necessarily the only person in the world speaking on this subject. What is it about the way that I approach it or what I'm saying about the subject that makes you want to hear it from me as opposed to all of your other options out there? And the main thing that people say to me, they don't say, Dre, you have the best information. They don't say, Dre, you are the smartest. They don't say, Dre, you are the most compelling or you're the most motivating. They don't say any of that stuff, even though those things may be true. And I hope that they are. But they say, Dre, the thing that I appreciate most about you is that you're honest and you keep it real and you're direct and you will address topics that a lot of people don't want to talk about. And that's why I'm doing this live here today. I want to talk about this subject from the angles from which I want to approach it. And I'm going to talk about it as objectively as possible, even though I know we all have opinions. That does not necessarily mean that I am right, so to speak, but objectively as possible. I want to talk about this accurately. And I want to make sure that we're all on the same page because I try to help people think critically. Challenge that we have in our world today, and I'm going to get into this in my points, is that what's been going on these days, and many of us have different angles and perspectives because we all look at different stuff. We think different ways or wired differently is that it's a big attack on objectivity and critical thinking in the world that we have today. And so what we get as a result 
There's a whole lot of emotional arguments on subjects rather than people looking at things factually and accurately and objectively. And understand there's a difference between being accurate and being right. Being accurate is when we are going off of things that we can factually prove and things that we can agree to as truths. Being right is when you're just trying to prove your point and your perspective and your opinion is better than another person's. I'm not trying to be right here today, but what we are going to try to be is accurate. And that's what I'm going to talk about here. And if I get anything wrong, you can check me in the comments. You can let me know if I got anything wrong. Let me see if I can pin a comment here. The other day, yesterday when I did a live, I tried to pin a comment and it wouldn't let me pin the comment. Well, comments just wouldn't pin. Let me see if I can pin the comment here today. Let's see. All right, there we go. All right, so now the comment is pinned. So if you want to get my daily motivation, you can text me at that number right there. Or if you want to disagree with something that I said and you don't want to say it in public in the comments, you can text me directly and you can tell me right there at that number. So let's get into this. Now, I talked about this in my article. Some of the things that I'm going to say here today, I talked about in my article earlier this week. If you didn't get the article, that means you're not on my email list. Get on my email list, you can get the articles. Or follow me on Facebook. I can put my articles on Facebook. Can't really put articles on Instagram because Instagram is for visuals. So anyway, first of all, let's get something out of the way first up front. I, in about 15 years ago, I participated in an abortion. I did not perform the abortion, and I wasn't the one who had the abortion done on me because men can't get pregnant, just in case any of you think that's true. No, men cannot get pregnant. I'm not arguing at that point. About 15 years ago, there's a girl that I was with. She told me she had had an abortion before I knew her, and she believed that whether I don't know if she was lying or not, but she believed that she could not get pregnant again because of her prior abortion. So I believed her, which was a very stupid thing of me to do. We had unprotected sexual intercourse. She ended up getting pregnant. And I told her I didn't want to keep the baby. She wanted to keep the baby. We had a good relationship, positive relationship. I told her I didn't want to keep the baby. She got the baby aboard. I mean, I went with her, but she got an abortion for that baby. Now, that was, again, 15 years ago. I don't know how I would do things if that was to happen today. I have different views and different way of looking at things now than I had. 15 years ago. Now, again, I take full ownership of that situation, even though it was two of us. I take ownership of it because I stupidly believe this woman saying that she couldn't get pregnant. And I went and had unprotected sex with a woman knowing what the possible outcome is of having unprotected sex. Is there anybody listening to this right now? Just to make sure we're on the same page. Is anybody listening to me right now who does not know that one of the possible outcomes of having unprotected sex is that you may end up pregnant, either you or the woman end up pregnant. And uh, again, I'm not arguing a point whether a man or a woman can get pregnant. The woman gets pregnant, the man impregnates the woman. It can't happen without both a man and a woman. So they're both responsible for this situation. Man and woman have unprotected sex. That means you know one of the possible outcomes is somebody's going to get pregnant. Okay. And here's my point. When it comes to the abortion conversation or the, what are they calling it? Reproductive justice. One of those softening phrases that tries to make it sound different than what it actually is. I am not even picking a side here in this conversation. So if you're waiting for me to say I'm on this side, that side, this side's right, this side's wrong, that's not even what I'm doing here. Because as I said, it's all about being accurate and being objective. I don't care what side you're on. Here's what I do care about, though. Whatever side you're on, let's not play games with what an abortion actually is and how it actually happens. All right, An abortion, by definition, the definition of abort is to put a premature end to a process. That's what abort means. When you say abort mission, that means we were going this way, but we're going to stop. We're going to go back the other way. That's what abortion means. You are putting a premature end to a process. So anyone here, if you are in support of abortion, fine. I'm not mad at you for being in support of abortion. However, if you're going to say you're in support of abortion, let's be clear what an abortion is. Is you taking a life that you voluntarily conceived 
And there's 0.5%, less, less than a half of a percent or less are from the rape and incest. So let's put those aside. We're talking about generally. When people are pregnant, they did it on purpose. All right. There was voluntary, unprotected sex that took place. That's how most pregnancies occur. If you are participating in an abortion, that means you are voluntarily putting an end to a life that only exists because of your chosen actions as an adult. This is an absolute fact. There's nothing to be debated about that. If anybody thinks I got that wrong, please leave a comment and let me know that I got that wrong. If you choose an abortion, that's what you're doing. You're putting it into a life that only exists because of your actions as an adult. By the time you're age 15, you've had some sexual education. Or even if you're not that experienced, you've had some education, which means you know what happens when you have sex. And when you have sex, there's a possible, you can get a sexually transmitted a disease or infection. You can get pregnant. Those are pretty much the things that can happen when you have unprotected sex. So maybe nothing will happen, but one of those two things is a possibility when you have unprotected sex. Anybody here has a child, you understand that, all right? Whether you want to have the kid or not, we all know this. Now, let's move on to the next point here. Actually, let me say one more thing on this point. When I hear people talking about the reproductive justice, abortion, let's just pro-life versus pro-choice, people are playing these games with these phrases and they get to this whole thing of, this is all about a woman's right to choose. I got to challenge that point. A woman's right to choose about whether they want to keep the baby or not keep the baby. Let's get a couple of things clear that have very rarely get pointed out when people are talking about a woman's right to choose. First of all, if a woman is pregnant, any ladies who are watching this right now, if you are or have ever been pregnant, didn't you already make a choice? I mean, how'd you get pregnant? I mean, again, putting aside the small percentage, less than 1%, when someone gets pregnant via rape or incest, if you're pregnant, generally speaking, you made a choice already. What was your choice? Your choice was to lay down and have unprotected sex with a man. You made that choice, right? Was that not a choice? It wasn't forced upon you, was it? So you got pregnant, you already made a choice. So when people are talking about a woman should have a right to choose, and Michelle Obama, I've heard her say this, I heard Kamala Harris say it, and even the man Joe Biden has said it, who are other people saying this? Everybody who's pushing the AOC, Everybody who's pushing this pro-choice side of this conversation, they're talking, they keep using this phrase, woman's right to choose. A woman should have a right to choose what to do with her body. Like 30 years ago, when I found out what abortion actually was, I asked my mom, mom, I said, mom, are you pro-life or pro-choice? She said, I'm pro-choice. And I said, why? And she said, because a woman should have a right to choose what to do with her body. So this is not a new argument, folks. Maybe some of you are just now hearing it recently, but this is not new. It's been around for decades, this whole conversation, ever since abortion started back in the 70s. First of all, you already made a choice. And a man, you made a choice too, because the man, you understood what you were doing when you put an unprotected penis into an unprotected vagina, you know what could possibly happen. They could be an STD or they could be a pregnancy. Everybody understands that. So when people talk about this woman's right to choose, you made a choice. You made a choice to have unprotected sex, knowing the results, the possible results of unprotected sex. Now you got to live with that choice. All right. That's how life works. When you make a choice and something that you didn't want happens because of your voluntary choice, Sometimes you got to live with the consequences of that choice. I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I was driving on Brickell Avenue and the drawbridge was up, but I couldn't see that the drawbridge was up. So the red light that I'm sitting at, it just never turned green. So the lights kept going green for everybody else, but the light never went green for me. So eventually I just rolled through the red light and I know they got the cameras. You know how they got the cameras at the lights? I'm probably going to get a ticket. I'm probably going to get like a $185 ticket for running through that red light, but I got to live with that choice. I made the choice to run through that red light. So I got to live with the consequence, which means I either got to call a lawyer or I got to pay that ticket. I got to deal with that because I made a choice. 
it's not my right to choose or I can make the choice not to pay the ticket. Now, then the ticket's going to become higher and higher and they might put out a warrant for my arrest and put a boot on my car because I didn't pay that ticket. You got to live with the results of your choices. And when people say this woman's right to choose, they're completely ignoring the choices she already made. And this is the part that I just don't get and I can't agree with. If I'm going to talk to somebody about pro-life, pro-choice, I'm open to having conversations. And any of you knows me know I'll talk about any subject, any subject. You name anything that's come up over the last three years, I've talked about it on my podcast. I might not talk about it on IG as much because you don't have enough space for context. But on my podcast, I've talked about everything. Any of you listen to my show, you know. If you read my writing, you know. I talk about everything. Name one thing you're scared to talk about at work. I've talked about it in public more than once. If we want to talk about this one, you got to own what the actual conversation is, that the choice has already been made. And we got to be clear on what an abortion actually is. You are ending a life that only exists because of you. So how are you going to create a life and then say, well, you know what? I'm just going to end this life right? because this is your quote unquote right to choose. You made a choice. And when you make that choice, then you may be blessed with the fact that a new life has started inside of that body of that woman, if it, you're the man, or you, if you're the woman. That's the way that it works. Now, some people are also saying something like, well, and this is what I hear a lot of feminists say, and feminists could be a male or a female. A feminist will say something like, well, a man does not have a right to say what a woman is going to do with her body. This is what we hear a lot of feminists talk about, right? So if any of you hear anybody say this, all right, here's what you can say back to them. All right. How did you get pregnant? Because the last time that I checked, I never heard of it, except in the Bible. I never heard of a woman getting pregnant by herself. So does a man have a say? Hell yeah, he has a say. Because how did you get pregnant? Because that man had to have a part in that situation in order for you to conceive. I never heard of a woman conceiving by herself. So if you didn't conceive by yourself, then that means that man has a say in what is going to happen with that baby. Yes, I understand that the woman has to carry the baby. I 100% get that. The woman has to go through a lot more during the course of the pregnancy than the man does because the woman has to undergo physical changes with her body. She's the one who has to you know, not be able to sleep. She's the one who has to deal with the discomfort. Her body's in all different shapes and she can't wear the same clothes that she wore before. And she's the one who has to actually go through labor and actually push that baby out of her body. The man doesn't have to do any of that. But understand, the only way that you got pregnant is because you laid down with that man and had unprotected sex. Otherwise, you could not have possibly gotten pregnant. As far as the science that we know, it is impossible for a woman to get pregnant without the involvement of a man. So does a man have a say in what a woman is going to do with that baby that they made together? My answer is yes, he does have a say. Now, that doesn't mean you can't go run to the clinic without him, without him knowing that he might be mad. But does he have a say? Yes, he does have a say. So if anybody put the argument forward, well, a man shouldn't have anything to say about what a woman does with her body. Well, he had to say in it when you laid down and let him put his penis inside of you, didn't he? He had to say then, didn't he? So how does he not have a say with what you do after? when y'all made that decision together. Again, these are the things that I don't hear anybody talking about when they're talking about the pro-life versus pro-choice. And again, I'm not saying you're wrong if you're pro-choice, but let's just lay all the cards on the table. That's my point. Don't hide some of the cards under the table and only lay out the cards that you want to talk about. Let's lay all the cards on the table and talk about everything that goes into the conversation, not just the parts that are convenient for you and the parts that you want to take out of context. So anyone, male or female, and if males too, this applies to the male as well. You lay down with a woman, y'all have unprotected sex, there's a pregnancy. All right, so when you realize that there's a pregnancy, this is for everybody. All right, what is that inside of your body? That is a life. Even when you're one week pregnant, three weeks, three months, six months, whatever, that's a life inside of your body. And I think we all know that, except when people are making this pro-choice argument and they're trying to argue against, well, this whole thing with Roe versus Wade and 
striking it down in some states and not going to allow abortions. People are trying to minimize a pregnancy as if that's not a human life inside of the body. Uh, that's ridiculous. Uh, when you get pregnant, you're not calling it a fetus or a clump of cells. Is it a fetus? Yes. Is it a clump of cells? Yes. I mean, I'm a clump of cells right now, but I'm still a live person. If you kill me, you can't say, well, all I killed was a clump of cells. No, you killed a human being and there's a law against that and you're going to go to jail. All right. We all can agree with that. So even that baby inside of your body, that is a human vice. If any woman on here or man had a miscarriage, and I don't mean the man had a miscarriage, but you get what I'm saying. The woman that you're with had a miscarriage. You don't just say, oh, well, damn, too bad that that clump of cells didn't matriculate to become a fully born man or woman. Nobody ever says that. Nobody ever says, damn, that's messed up that I lost that fetus, but hey, maybe I have another one in six months. Nobody ever says, too bad I lost my fetus. Too bad I lost my clump of cells. They say, damn, I lost my baby. And from my experience, what I've seen with people when they have miscarriages, that they're pretty upset that that is almost like losing a human life. Why? Because it is a human life. When you are pregnant, that's a life inside of your body. That whole nine months, that is a human being that is growing in your body. If someone has a miscarriage and you hear about it, what do you say to them? You don't say, oh, damn, I'm sorry that that clump of cells didn't make it. I'm sorry that you lost your fetus. You say, I'm sorry that you lost your baby. That's a human. So for anyone trying to minimize the nine-month period of gestation when that life is growing inside of them as if, that means it's easier to cancel it out. It means, oh, it's okay if we cancel it out before it comes out. But once it comes out, then it's a human being. No, it's a baby the entire time. Any of you who's had a child, male or female, if you've had a child or you've been trying to have a child, when the woman in the situation, that bump starts growing in the belly and it starts showing and everybody can see that this person's pregnant, even if you don't know them, what are people saying? Oh, congratulations on your baby. When do you do? Are you having a boy or a girl? Or a boy or a girl? There's no such thing as a boy or a girl fetus or a boy or a girl clump of cells. That's a human being. Are you having a boy or a girl? Do you have a registry? Can we get you a gift? When are you due? How are you feeling? Are you going to have how many kids now? Do you got any already? Oh, congratulations. You're going to be a dad. Congratulations. You're going to be a mom. Why are we saying this? What is a mom or a dad? That's an adult who is responsible for a child. That's a human being, even before it comes out of the body. So again, all of these arguments to try to minimize and act like the human is not a human, I just can't get with. And again, I'm okay with you being either pro-life or pro-choice, but let's be honest about what we're talking about here. That's the part that I just can't get with is when people just can't be objective and they can't be accurate about what they're talking about simply because you're trying to make an emotional argument on a point. And this is the part that bothers me the most. Nobody ever says you lost your fetus. They say you lost your baby. And when you have a baby, any of you who's a follower of any type of religion, even if you're not actively practicing, you say, as a gift from God, as a gift from above that I got pregnant, as a gift. And especially those of you who have been trying to get pregnant and you didn't, or you had some miscarriages that didn't go through when you finally have one that catches and it seems like it's going, what do you say? It's a gift from God. It's a gift from above. I was blessed that I finally get to have a child. That's coming from a higher spirit that is bigger than you, is bigger than the government, is bigger than... Joe Biden is bigger than Kamala, is bigger than Obama's, bigger than Trump, is bigger than whoever. All right, they don't make the decision about that. That was made by a spirit that is bigger than you. Wherever you came from, wherever you applied to, whatever you applied by, or wherever you're going when this is over, this the whole thing for all of us, they made that decision that you're going to be blessed with the life inside of your body or the life of your woman's body. That's not your decision. That was a decision of something that's bigger than you. And if you don't want to own that, fine, don't own it. But let's not minimize and act like it's not what it actually is. Another point. Well, look, there's another thing I've heard a lot of people saying. This is what I heard. Uh, what's the woman's name on Twitter? The woman who said Trump's a white supremacist. Mel Hill. 
uh, Jamel Hill. So she was on ESPN. And the most significant thing she ever wrote was saying Donald Trump's a white supremacist. She got fired from ESPN. And now she's a race hustler on social media. And this is what she does for a living. And race hustling is a well-paying job, as we can see. Now, a lot of people are doing it. Now, Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, they created race hustling. And now we got a whole bunch of people who do this for a living. Now, Ibram Kendi, all these people. So anyway, Jamel Hill said she wrote an article the other day because I guess she has some book or something coming out. She wrote this article about how she had an abortion back in the days. Fine. Again, I had an abortion back in the days, not me, but the woman I was with had an abortion back in the days. And she said she equated the balls about Roe v. Wade being struck down by the Supreme Court, that the government is forcing you to have a baby. That's the actual phrase that she used, that the government should not be able to force women to have a baby. Like, that's ridiculous. The government's not forcing you to have a baby. Uh, the government can't knock on your door. The government can't knock on my door right now and say, Dre, you and your woman need to have a baby. All right, that's not what's happening. How did you get pregnant? Uh, the only way you can have a baby is to be pregnant. The only way you can get pregnant is by having unprotected sex, a man and a woman. That means the man and the woman are responsible for that baby even existing. Uh, the government didn't force that. All the government is saying, by striking down Roe v. Wade and whatever state you live in, listen, some states you'll still be able to get an abortion. Some states there'll be restrictions. Some states you can't get an abortion. Who knows how it's going to play out for everybody, whatever. The whole point is, any government, local government, state government, federal government, is that the government is simply saying, by knocking down the easy access to abortion, all they're saying is, since you chose the actions that led to your pregnancy, live with the choices that you make. The Supreme Court striking down Roe v. Wade, that's all it's saying, as far as I'm concerned. You made a choice to get pregnant, now live with the outcome, and have your baby, and care for that life, because you made voluntary choices that led to that life's existence. The government didn't force you to have that baby. The government didn't force you to have sex. The government didn't force any of that. All the government is saying, all right, you did this. Okay, now live with the result, period. Like I said, I ran that red light yesterday. If those cameras work, then I'm going to get a ticket in the mail in about three weeks for $200 that I got to pay because I made a decision. I got to live with the result. That's how it is. That's the way life is. And here's a bigger point of this. And this goes to a bigger point that's bigger than the pro-life, pro-choice thing. And if I got anything wrong, y'all can leave a comment and let me know. The bigger point is that, and I heard Jason Whitlock say this on his podcast the other day, is that these days we want options to basically cancel out all of our bad choices. We want to be able to make dumb choices. And then when we realize that we made a dumb choice, we want an option to basically hit the reset button. Like any of y'all play video games. I haven't played video games in decades. But back in the days when I used to play like Nintendo and Sega Genesis, if I started playing a game and I'm getting my ass kicked, I'm losing a sports game or I'm not doing good in a fighting game, what I would do, I would simply just hit the reset button. Let me start over. All right, let me just act like that game didn't happen. I'm losing 14 nothing in football. Let me start. I just hit the reset button and start over. A lot of us are trying to be able to hit the reset button on any mistakes that we make and just eliminate any kind of standards of behavior, of conduct for us in life. And what's crazy is the people who are supposed to be our leaders, alleged leaders, and I'm using the term loosely, they are co-signing us. Okay, let's just eliminate any consequences for the actions that we take. Let's just throw those away. All right, somebody goes and does a crime. Y'all seen this. Y'all probably seen this in the summer of 2020. Maybe the last couple of years, y'all saw this. Now, a lot of local governments are saying, we're not going to prosecute petty crimes. So if somebody goes into CVS and you steal something, even though we see you and you're on camera, they tell the security guards, don't chase them. Don't try to fight them. Don't try to stop them. Just let them walk out the store with all the stuff. Somebody steals something, don't do anything. Somebody does some misdemeanor, we're not going to prosecute them. Somebody does some kind of crime, there's not going to be any kind of consequence for the crime. We're not even going to, 
We're just going to hit them with a slap on the wrist and release them back out into society. Y'all seen this, right? And we had the, after the George Floyd and the ground and tail in the summer of 2020, there was so much apathy against the police that the governments were right. And especially, let's be honest, democratic governments were saying, we're not going to prosecute criminals because we don't want George Floyd to happen again. Like how that actually makes logical sense. It doesn't, but this is what they did. And again, I'm not making this up. Am I? If I got this wrong, somebody let me know. So now you can commit a crime and nothing's going to happen. Now you can make a baby voluntarily. You can go cancel it out and nothing's going to happen. Now we're just trying to take away basically accountability and ownership of actions. It gets to an all time look. And for those of you, again, who are unfamiliar with my work, my whole brain is called work on your game. And one of the biggest things that we do over here, if you ever work with me, if you read any of the stuff that I write, if you listen to any stuff that I put out, maybe not on IG, IG is probably my most shallow surface level stuff that I put out. But when you go deeper into my world, it's about self-accountability. It's about self-ownership, what we do over here at Work When You're Game. It is not blaming other people. It is not blaming the government. Damn sure not blaming the government. It is not blaming your nationality. It's not blaming your gender. It's not blaming your sexual identity, your race, your whatever, whatever happened before you, whatever happened around you. It is about you taking full ownership of your situation because you're not going to get to where you want to go until you take ownership of where you're at. And you have to take ownership, meaning even if it's not your fault, it's your responsibility. That's what we do over here. So any of you who was unfamiliar with me or maybe you just saw the pictures and you didn't know, now you know. All right, that's what we do over here. So when I see this and people are trying to just remove all accountability and remove ownership that people had to take for the actions that they voluntarily chose, now I just can't get with that. And I can't approve of that. I don't give a damn. Gender, color, race, where you're from, what you identify as, it doesn't matter. All right. It applies to everybody across the board, Democrat, Republican, whatever, whatever country you're from, doesn't matter. It applies to everybody. So when we're claiming now that we can claim abortion, you make a bad sexual decision. Now we say, oh, well, we should be able to go get an abortion because that's the woman's right to choose. Or the woman already chose. As I said, you get a black person who says, all right, well, I'm not getting the job opportunities that other people are getting. Instead of looking at your job performance, now we want to claim racism. Now we want to claim that it's a system that's holding you back rather than looking at your performance. Maybe that's the reason that you're not moving forward. Maybe that's what's keeping you back. Or if you're a woman, you say, well, it's because of the women. They're not giving me my position because I'm female. When maybe it's just you're just not performing. Possibly. I'm not saying it can't possibly be because you're female or because you're black. But are you looking at your performance first or are you looking for an excuse first? That's the question I ask everybody. Which one are you looking at first? Are you looking at what they are doing to you, or are you looking at what you are doing to you? Because which one do you have more control of? Your actions or their actions? What you are doing on a day-to-day basis or their prejudices or their hate against you? Which one can you control? I mean, if you just had to pick, which one do you have more control over? If I said fix one right now today, which one do you have more possibility of doing something about? Your actions or their actions? And when you put it that simply, this is what we call accountability. This is what we call personal ownership. This is what we call owning your situation. And I understand when I say stuff like this, there's some people who hear this who just don't want to hear. There's some people going to say, you know what? Forget Dre. I don't want to hear him anymore. You're going to unfollow me and block me and unsubscribe for my stuff. Good. You know, I want you to because we call this, you know, they got attraction marketing. We call this rejection marketing because I want to push anybody out who's not into self-accountability. You're not into self-ownership. 
Now I'm taking responsibility for your situation and for your actions. Don't be in my world because I guarantee I'm going to say something that's going to offend you. I guarantee we will bump heads if we ever have a direct conversation because I will hold you personally accountable for all the stuff that you did and all the actions that you've taken and all the responsibilities that you need to be taking ownership of. You don't want to take those. This is not the right place for you. And I want to make sure everybody understands that. And this is something that I tell anybody who comes into my world who's in thought leadership. You don't have to be my way, but whatever you're doing, you got to understand who you're for and who you're not for because there's no us without a them. So what are you about? And what are you bringing to the table? So all this stuff, this is stuff that I'm about. And again, some of you don't know, now you know. But this is where I'm at. So every four years, we get a politician, let's just say in the presidential elections at least. Nowadays, it's like every day, because now we're all paying more attention to politics. We get politicians, they get us riled up for the better life you'll get if you vote for this person or that person, either side of the aisle. Let me ask you a question. How has that worked out for you? Whatever age you are, have you ever voted for a politician and all of a sudden things got better because that person won or you voted for that person or you supported you no know, politician X, Y, Z? I would bet for most of you, the answer is no, you have not. The whole point being your own personal responsibility is more important than what the government does, more important than who you vote for, more important than what somebody else says, what somebody else wants you to get or what somebody else thinks you deserve or what you are owed is about how much personal responsibility are you taking for your own actions? And again, I'm a person who told you at the beginning of this, I participated in an abortion. So I'm not knocking anybody who has done it, but let's just own what it is. Let's be clear about what it actually is. Let's not sugarcoat it and try to soften it by making it sound like something other than what it actually is, what it's really about. And this is why, and even though I'm a person who, I do not claim a religion. I don't go to church. I don't claim to be part of any religion, but is making me understand more and more day by day. The more I hear about this kind of stuff, not day by day, because I don't look at it every day, but the more I hear about this kind of stuff, it makes me understand why religion matters the way that it does. And for anybody here who's religious, who will probably understand this, and you probably already get it, but it's making me understand it more because a religion is, is a standard of conduct. That's what a religion is. A religion gives everybody who follows that religion, I don't care what religion it is, you could be Jewish, you could be Muslim, you could be Christian, you could be any other religion, name any other religion. What religion does is it gives everybody who's a follower of that religion, at least people who are actively following it, gives you a standard of conduct. It says, this is the way that things go. When you have a question or a challenge or there's a conflict, all we got to do is we got to go to the religious text and let's see what the religious text says. And the religious text is the arbiter of truth. All right, this is the judge. We're judging everything based off this, not off the government. Not off some influencer on social media, but off what it says right here in this religious text. That's how we know whether we're doing right or wrong. Are you going in the right direction or the wrong direction? We go off that. The challenge for the secular world, those of us who don't have any baselines to follow, is that we just basically making up the rules as we go along. <laughs> Whatever you feel like doing, let's just go do that. All right. That's how I feel today. Or right, I feel like I'm a boy today. So I'm a boy. I'm a girl tomorrow. I'm a girl. All right. A boy could decide he's a girl, get on the swim team swim the whole season, beat all the girls, and we got to act like nothing happened. And everybody's just sitting there watching this take place. All right, this is what happens when there is no standard of conduct, when there is no baseline. I talked about this in my podcast, standards still matter. I'm going to tell you what episode that was, just in case you want to go listen to it, because this is something that has always been a thing for me. And this has nothing to do with necessarily anything that's going on right now. I've talked about this for years. Episode 2097, standards still matter. 
What is a standard? A standard is a baseline code of conduct. It's a way that everybody needs to operate by. Everybody understands these are the rules. These are the objective rules and everyone's going to be held accountable based on these rules. The challenge for many people these days is that they have no standards. And because you have no standards, because you have no baselines, you have nothing governing your actions, you can pretty much do whatever you want and come up with some type of, as long as you know how to put words together, you can come up with any kind of justification that makes it sound okay. And you know what happens when you remove standards from any organization? Anybody know what happens? You get chaos. When there are no standards, you get chaos. Let me give you an example. Everybody here went to school, right? Everybody here is a different age, but everybody here went to elementary school. Tell me what happens when you were in elementary school, right? And the teacher wasn't there that day. And you and your classmates were sitting in class and a substitute teacher walked into the classroom. What did that mean to you? What did that signal to you and your classmates when the substitute teacher walked into the room? Anybody who's watching, leave a comment and tell me the answer to that question. Because it's the same answer for everybody. Everybody knows what happened. What happened when you were in class, third grade, and a substitute teacher walked into the room and you knew your regular teacher wasn't going to be there that day? What did that mean? Somebody give me an answer. I know I'm a little bit, I'm probably like 15 seconds ahead of the rest of y'all, but somebody tell me what happened when the substitute teacher came out. All right, so we see it. Acting out, eyes lit up, a lot of BS, kids misbehave, goofing around. All right, so we all know. And what did the teacher represent? The main teacher represented what? A standard. The main teacher represented, you knew they had rules, they had certain things you could do and that you couldn't do, you knew you could get away with what you couldn't get away with. Now, as soon as that substitute teacher walks in, all the rules go away. And what happened? Classroom was a zoo that day. Just that day. And then the next day, the main teacher comes back and all of a sudden, everybody who was acting up yesterday is being good again today, right? And everybody knows that's exactly how it went. And this is what happens in society when we start removing standards, when we stop holding people accountable, when there are no standards, when we can just do whatever we want, do something that makes no sense, and then we're not held accountable for it. Therefore, there are no repercussions. Therefore, we'll just do it over and over again. If there are no repercussions, then people will do stupid things because they know they can get away with it. This is why somebody can go into CVS, steal something, walk out, walk right past the security guard. They'll come back, steal something in. Then somebody else will steal something. Somebody else will steal something. And before you know it, that can lead to them doing crazier things, more dangerous things. And this is what happens to a society when we remove standards. So this whole pro-life, pro-choice thing is simply the government saying, you know what? We removed this standard of you owning your actions of having unprotected sex and getting pregnant. So you know what? We're going to put this standard back in, or at least we're going to slowly move towards putting the standard. That's all this is to me. This is putting the standard back in. I believe it was a mistake for them to even allow the standard to be removed in the first place. And that was way before my time. But they should never allow the standard to be removed in the first place because now people are mad because now you said there is no standard. You can go get abortion whenever you feel like it. Now you're saying, well, now we're putting the standard back in. It's harder to put the cat back in the bag, right? It's harder to put the champagne back in the bottle, right? That was a mistake of the United States government, I think, to even allow it to even get to this point. They even had to do this. I would hold them accountable for that. However, I understand where it's at and I understand why people are upset about it because they got used to not having a standard. Like you remove a standard from people, you can't just come in and say, all right, now we're going to have rules. That's kind of hard to do. It's kind of like you got a very lax manager who lets you do whatever you want. Then a new manager comes in and says, we're going to have rules. Everybody who got used to the old manager, they ain't trying to hear that. But you might have to fire a bunch of people. That's how it goes. That's how it goes in business. That's how it goes in workplaces. So this is where we're at. So that's really what I wanted to say. The biggest thing here for me, again, in the working your game world is about standards. It's about standards of conduct. 
It's about taking personal ownership. It's about self-accountability. And if we don't have that, then a whole lot of things are going to fall apart. So if somebody tell me if I got something wrong, y'all go ahead and let me know in the comments. I'll wait like 30 seconds to let the comments come in. If I got something wrong, let me know. But that's where I stand on this whole conversation is that people just don't want to be held accountable. That's really what it's about. It's not really about the ability to go get an abortion. It's just you don't want to be held accountable for your actions. The abortion is just a symbol. And abortion is just symbolism for the actions that you don't want to be held accountable for. It could be anything. It doesn't have to be abortion that we could be talking about. We've been talking about a lot of things that people just don't want to be held accountable for. But in this world, accountability, taking personal ownership and having standards of conduct, people who are successful have these things. This is a normal way of thinking. Like the stuff that I'm saying right here ain't really news to people who are at a certain level of success. And success does not necessarily mean money. It's a way of being. People who are at that level, they get this. This is not news to them. If this is news to you, doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you, but you should take everything that I'm saying here and, and write it down because successful people, they live this way. This is not just something that they came up. This is not some, some notes that I wrote down. This is a way of living, a way of being. And y'all know the process. Be, do, have. Shafiq says, you're supposed to talk about, no, what are you talking about? Shafiq, what are you talking about? I ain't talked about basketball for seven years. I stopped playing basketball in 2015. So Shafiq, you got to wake up and catch up. And I've been talking about mindset and mental game since 2009. So I don't know uh, what rock you've been sleeping under, but now you're awake. So good morning to you. Brandon over on Facebook says, nothing wrong. I agree with it. But what do you tell people who say, what about girls who get raped? Yeah, I said that, Brandon. You might not have heard me, but less than 1% of abortions, people who seek abortions are people who were raped. Now, whether they actually go through and get the abortion, I don't know that stat, but less than one half of 1% of people who seek abortions are people who are raped. That's a stat. Now, what they end up doing, whether they actually follow through, I do not know. But 99% of abortions are people who voluntarily got pregnant through their own voluntary action, which is sexual intercourse, to answer your question there. So that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking in general here. So you want to call 99.5%? A generalization, then okay, we'll call it a generalization, but that's what it is. All right. So if I got anything wrong, somebody let me know in the comments that I missed anything. Question is, do I regret the abortion that I was involved in? No, I don't. I wrote about that in my article earlier this week. I don't regret it because I didn't want to have a baby with that woman. But again, I'm in a different frame of mind now than I was then. But if it was now, I probably wouldn't have done the same thing that I did. I take ownership of that because it was a stupid thing for me to even believe her when she said she couldn't get pregnant. That was just stupid of me to even believe that. And all men who are listening to that, listening to this, do not believe any woman that tells you she can't get pregnant or she's on a pill or whatever. Or actually, you can believe her, but you still need to strap up. Now, if you're a single man and you're going out anywhere where you might meet a girl, you should have two condoms in your pocket. And you should just keep them in there. You should have two condoms in your pocket. You should have a pack of condoms in the console of your car or in the glove box of your car. You should have a condoms in your gym bag. Whatever you carry around that's always with you, you should have some condoms in there. So just in case you need it, it ain't no problem. All right, so you shouldn't have to make a decision. All right, should I either go in this girl raw or just not get it, not get it? You get what I'm saying? All right, you shouldn't have to make that decision. Because if you end up having to make that decision, that means you messed up. That's a lack of accountability on your part. I appreciate you, Brandon. Shafiq says, yes, got to wear the helmet. Exactly. If you don't have one, then that's your mistake. How are you walking around with that? That doesn't make any sense. It's like being in a car with no gas. All right. If you're a single man and you know what you're looking for, then you should be prepared for that. So I don't see anybody else leaving a comment here, but I just wanted to go on the record here with this. Brandon says, 
What do you tell people who try to make you feel bad for having, well, nobody tries to make me feel bad. Nobody can make me feel bad about it because I take ownership of it. See, the first of all, nobody can make you feel anything, Brandon, to answer your question. But the thing is, nobody can make me feel bad about it because I take ownership of it. I'm not absolving myself of responsibility. And the only time people can try to kind of use your actions against you is when you absolve yourself of responsibility. I'm not resolving myself in responsibility. I'm taking full ownership of the situation. No, I'm not blaming the girl. She told me something. I don't know if she was lying or not. It doesn't matter because I believed it. So that was my fault. I got to take ownership of that. And if she said, I don't want to get an abortion, I'm going to keep the baby, then I would have had to own it. And I'd have a 15-year-old kid today. But that's the way it went. So I got to take ownership of my situation, take ownership of my actions, which is what this whole thing is about, is all about ownership. And... Says, or you can't say abortions are wrong. Well, I didn't say they were wrong, Brandon. So you are missing the context here. I clearly said earlier in this live that I don't mind anybody being on either side of the conversation. I said, take ownership of the situation and be clear about what we're talking about and don't try to play word games with what is actually happening, what an abortion actually is. I never said it was wrong. Now I never said I was on either side of the conversation either. Nini says, I've been with men who don't bring them and think they can still hit it. I carry them on me too, especially if I know that's what we are doing. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I knew girls who would do that too, but honestly, to keep it real, Nini, I didn't trust the girl who said she had condoms. I, I was at a girl's house. She said, I got condoms. I didn't like, I didn't really like that. I like to have my own. <laughs> I didn't trust no girl who said she had her own condoms. I mean, I respect to you. I get what you're saying, but I personally, I want to make sure I bought that. I want to make sure I bought it from CVS. I put it in my car and nobody else touched it. So I know exactly where that thing has been before it got to me. I done heard some stories. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, so true as an argument. You can't say, Brandon says, no, I'm against it now, but I've been through it before I get it. Yeah, yeah, I get it, though, Nini. Just in case, I think I've used a time or two. I took somebody else's product. You know, it's kind of like, I don't smoke weed, but if somebody else has some weed, I don't want to smoke somebody else's weed because who knows? They might have some other stuff in there. I don't smoke my own weed. I don't even smoke weed, but that's what I've, from what I've heard. I'd rather bring my weed and let's smoke my weed and then I'm smoking. I don't want to smoke your weed because you might have some cocaine in there or something like that. Who knows? I don't trust nobody. I bring my own stuff. So yes, women should carry condoms too, just in case, just in case, as long as the man trusts you enough. But if he ends up pregnant and you did something to that condom, then that's his fault for trusting you. Not saying there's anything wrong with you. I'm saying the man got to take full ownership. The woman got to take full ownership. Brandon said on this topic, you can make great arguments on both sides. It's hard, but accountability is yeah, there are fair arguments on both sides. I don't have a problem with someone being on either side of it, but let's be clear about what we're talking about. That's all I'm saying. And that's what I'm not seeing from the people that are supposed to be leaders, from like governmental leaders and influencers. They're avoiding what the thing actually is, and they're only talking about the part that is convenient for them, which I means they're not even doing their job as leaders as far as I'm concerned. People just say, why am I even speaking on or against it if I did it before? That actually gives you credibility, Brandon, to speak about it because you've been through it. It gives you more credibility to talk about it. And that's why I opened by even saying that I participated in the one. So everybody understands I'm not standing on some high peak trying to wag my finger at people as you're wrong because I did it myself. But at the same time, I knew what I was doing. And if you would have asked me then, I would have said the same thing I'm saying now. Maybe not as articulately, but I would have said the same thing. So. That's where I'm at with it. Did I get anything wrong? Can anybody, if I got anything wrong, somebody let me know before we wrap this up. I got some podcasts to record. Not about this, but some podcasts to record today. And oh yeah, since I got you all here, make sure you write down your goals for the month of July and check your goals for the year 2022. If you didn't have any, write them down now. You got six months, halfway through the year. So write down your goals for the second half of this year, for the third quarter, the fourth quarter. 
always write down your goals. Successful people have goals and they write them down, not just in your head, but you write them down. You don't have to tell everybody else your goals, but you need to have them written down so that you can see them. All successful people have goals written down. All right. So I don't see anybody else leaving a comment here. So I'm going to get to my recordings. If you want to get my daily motivation text, hit me at that number right there. Or if you got something you want to share with me from what I said here today, you don't want to say it publicly, you can hit me in the text. That is right there in that number on Facebook. The number is on my profile. If you're watching this on Facebook and he said, I hate that women's right to their body is stripped by law, but there's no law for men. That's what upsets me overall. A law like what? A law to do what? I mean, what can you do to a man for as far as this goes, Nene? I mean, a man can't have a baby by himself. The only way a man can create a baby is with a consenting woman who allows that man access to her body. And a woman has to carry the baby. So you say women's rights to their body is stripped. Well, actually, I don't agree with that the way that you're framing that, Nene, because the woman gave the man a right to her body by laying down and allowing him to insert his unprotected penis into her unprotected uh, vagina. So she did. She does have a right to her body. She allowed a man into it. The government didn't have nothing to do with that. When you're at home with your condoms at your house, right? And you get that man and you don't use one and that man has unprotected sex with you and you get pregnant. Government ain't had nothing to do with that. That was your choice. So I agree with that. So I'm saying there shouldn't be a law in place telling me what I can and can't do. Well, again, that's what I just said. The government didn't tell you that you had to have unprotected sex with that man. The government didn't tell you to let that man put his penis inside of you. You did. That was your choice. Now that you did it, now you got to own the result. That's my point. It's like the government didn't tell me to run that red light yesterday. But when they sent me that $200 ticket, now I got to deal with that $200 ticket. You know, I got to call my lawyer or I got to pay that ticket or I could let them put a boot on my car because I didn't pay my ticket. So it's the second order consequences, what we call it. But the government is controlling if I can carry a child or not. Not exactly. They're just telling you to live with the results of your actions. That's what they're telling you. So technically what you're saying, the way you're wording it, okay, you could possibly be right. But the way I'm wording it is the same thing, but I'm saying it in a more direct way. They're telling you to take ownership of your action. That's what they're telling you to do, Nene. You lay down and have sex, right? You know what happens when you have unprotected sex? You can get an STD or you might get pregnant. You know that that might happen, right? So now, since you knew that, now that you did it and that happened, now you got to own it, period. Again, I ran a red light yesterday. I know what happens when you run red lights. You might get pulled over. You might get a ticket. I did it. Now I got to own that and I got to deal with that ticket. That's what we call taking ownership of your actions. That's what this is. This is not about the government. The government didn't make you have a baby. You chose to let that man into your body. That's ownership. Sean Chartel says, there are plenty of laws that dictate what we have to do, like wearing seatbelts. Well, necessarily, you don't have to. You don't have to wear a seatbelt. You just get pulled over and get a ticket if you don't. This one is a little bit different. I mean, these things haven't even gone into effect yet. This is just what people are expecting is going to happen. Right now, you can still get an abortion pretty much anywhere right now. But these laws are, they're going to go into effect very soon. So it's not telling you what you have to do. And that one's a little bit different. The seatbelt one's a little bit different. It is the law, but it's not like anything terrible is going to happen to you if you don't do it. You just get a ticket. I mean, it's just money. Money is just paper. Now, having a baby is a little bit different. All right, I'm going back and forth between the comments here. So if I got something wrong, leave it in the comments. I'm going to address every comment. Brandon over on Facebook says, I was selfish and different back then. I didn't think of life as what it is now, and I do regret it. Understood. Understand that, Brandon. Do you have kids now, Brandon? 
over on Facebook. Yogi says there's no law saying you can't have an abortion. They're just saying they're not paying for it any longer. Basically, abortions are a privatized industry now. I'm not sure that's exactly true. Yogi, what it is, is, is instead of it being a federal law, now it's going to be a state choice, a state law. So each state gets to choose their own laws when it comes to abortions, but every state is going to be unique. That's what we know now. That's all we know right now is that instead of you being able to get an abortion because the federal government says anybody can get one, now each state will get to choose. So if you live in Florida and Florida says no, then you might have to go to a different state to get it where they say yes. That's what we know for now. But as far as it being privatized, well, the government didn't necessarily, a lot of places you go are were privatized already. So I'm not sure that's actually accurate what you just said. Life made easier says, if I, a woman, wants to kill her baby, if a woman wants to kill her baby, she'll do it. She may be inconvenienced to travel to a different state. No one is making a woman do anything. I agree. They're not making a woman do anything. And you're saying she wants to kill her babies. Now, see, that's a very direct language that you're using there, but that's literally what you're doing. You're aborting the life of a baby. So I appreciate you putting in even more direct language than I did. Life made easier, but do I think if a woman really wants to have an abortion, is she still going to do what she needs to do to go get it? I think so. Yeah, I think that is going to happen. But I think also what's going to happen is some women seeing the inconvenience of the situation will probably not do anything and just give birth to the baby and give that life, allow that life to happen that she created in the first place. I think that's going to happen, that there are going to be more babies born that otherwise would have been aborted had abortion been more convenient. I think that's going to happen. It's kind of like, some days I think to myself, I want some candy, right? But if it's not convenient for me to get some candy, then I might end up not getting the candy. Not because I didn't want it, because I just didn't want to go through the inconvenience of going to get it. And that's just human nature. Human beings are, by nature, we are lazy. Now, we're motivated enough, we get over that laziness, but I get what you're saying, that there are some women who will go to extreme measures for it, but there are going to be some women who do nothing and they end up having that baby. Nene says, there are women like me who want more kids, but I'm high risk. I've been put in a ME, oh, me or baby situation. My delivery was scary. With that being said, I can't even choose. You can't choose what? What do you mean? So you've been in a situation where you were more high risk, like based on what the doctor said. And those situations I'm fine with. If the doctor says, okay, it's the woman or the baby, then we would have to get rid of the baby. I'm fine with that situation, you aborting, if that's what it actually is. I'm fine with that if the doctor actually says that. Now, the challenge with that, somebody emailed me about that. The challenge with that is because so many people, even doctors these days, and we saw this through the whole you know, COVID situation, we don't know, is the doctor completely being objective or is the doctor just going to say to you, all right, I'm going to say this so that we can get you the abortion and I'll say that it was this. That could actually lead the doctor, that can get the doctor in hot water if it's like medical malpractice or they're lying in order just to assist you in getting an abortion because the doctor is in support of abortions. So they would have to figure out the laws on that. But that's government stuff and that's like details and paperwork and all that stuff. So I get what you're saying. The question that I have that I would have moving forward is how are, are the governments, the state governments going to get clear on that? And how are they going to hold the doctors accountable to make sure the doctor's not just saying that? Because let's say if that doctor is personally in support of abortion, the doctor might say, well, I did this abortion because it was either Nini would die or the baby would die. So we had to pick one. So we got rid of the baby. But is the doctor actually telling the truth or is he just saying that and stretching the truth because he wanted to support abortion? How are they going to actually draw the line on that? I'm interested to see. And that all of this stuff is going to be debated and it's going to be a lot of paperwork. Let's just put it that way. Good thing I don't work in government. It'll be a ton of paperwork to really get clear on what each thing is and the details of it and what's okay and what's not okay. 
It's going to be a lot. That's one thing I know. So I'm guessing scared the law will come into place with abortion if that happens. Well, yes, it is technically the law. Yes, you're right. That's a scary thing. Okay. I mean, I can't tell you something's not scary if you think it's scary. It's just a matter of, well, first of all, meaning if that's the case, if you believe that you're high risk, at the same time you want kids, well, then what I would do, and this is what I said earlier, I think it goes to a higher authority than the government or a doctor. Meaning if you are religious or you do believe in a higher being, I think you will put it in the hands of a higher being rather than put it in the hands of a doctor or a government because the government doesn't know. All right. All they're doing is making laws that the government's ostensibly their role is to protect your rights, not to grant you rights or to take them away, just to protect your rights. But there is no right to abortion in the Constitution. And again, depending on what religion you adhere to, I don't know too many religions that say you have a right to take the life of a baby that you voluntarily created. If there's a religion that says you can do that, somebody let me know which one it is. So all you Christians out there, I don't know if you stand on solid ground with that one. It's not on governmental ground because, again, the government does not grant rights. The government protects rights. Your rights come from your higher being if you have one. And this is my point. A lot of people don't have a higher being. So therefore, we we're in this chaotic situation because people don't have a baseline. People just doing whatever they want to do. And that leads to chaos in the long run. And right now, we're at the beginning of chaos. It's not crazy right now, but it's getting crazy. All right. So all that said, I got podcasts to record and I got other stuff to do here today. I appreciate everybody's attention and participation here today. Hit me in the text, Daily Motivation. And you can text me directly if you got anything you want to add on this conversation. You didn't want to say it publicly. I'm open to the conversation. I am partial to well-constructed arguments. <laughs> if you have one, all right, I got an episode on my podcast where I talked about how to formulate an argument. If any of you are not familiar with how to formulate an argument, I will tell you how to do it. Uh, that is episode number, how to formulate and present a logical argument, episode 1612 of the Work On Your Game podcast. If any of you want to get better at how to formulate an argument, listen to episode 1612 of my podcast. My podcast is on Spotify, Apple. Now, y'all know all the places you can find podcasts. It looks like this. So you see that image right there? That's my podcast. Work on your game. You see that? That's my podcast. Look that up. Spotify, Apple. I put the podcast on YouTube as well, but they come out on audio first. YouTube comes out like two months later, but it's all evergreen. So y'all catch it when you catch it. I will put this recording up on the IGTV tab on Instagram. So any of you want to watch it later, then y'all can go and check that. Again, if I got anything wrong, hit me in the DM, leave a comment, send me a text, or you can send me an email. All right, that's that. Everybody have a great Friday afternoon. Write your goals down. Work on your game. Be out. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused, and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text, just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number. 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone free of charge. 305-384-6894.